Hello everyone and welcome to the very first Swings and Mishes of Spring Training 2.0. I am your producer Jeremy Taché, joined by Craig Mish who was out at Spring Training 2.0 today at Marlins Park. Craig, first and foremost, how you doing uh, this evening actually as we record uh, late in the evening on Friday? Yeah, happy July 4th, happy Independence Day to everybody and uh, happy new baseball season here in 2020 and Of course, I'm super excited for it. I'm excited that we here at Swings and Mishes get to give you content now uh, once a week. I know a lot of you have asked me about a schedule and things of that nature, and certainly we'd like to get back on one permanently, but Mm. with everything happening for the time being, I think it's best to just follow us on Twitter, at Swings and Mishes, at Jeremy Taché, at Craig Mish, and whenever there's a story to give to you, then we'll, we'll give it to you, and so... This could be the first time we've ever posted, um, you know, a podcast for the weekend. Yeah. But I, I know that there are a lot of you who, especially here in Florida, may not have fireworks on hmm. uh, on Saturday night. So we thought that we would give you a, a little bit of a boost for the weekend. And what I really wanted to do today was give you my perspective on uh, going back to the ballpark, which... I'm, I guess, one of very few members of the media um, locally and even around the country that was able to do today. So I thought Jeremy would be an important exercise to sort of tell people what's going on. Yeah, well, and that's that's pretty much what this episode is going to be. I, I was not there with you, as you mentioned, just a few media members at practice today. And so, Craig, you know, we've there's been all sorts of conversation throughout the day about now Only 1.2% of tests in the initial uh, testing as players have come back to their respective ballparks, came back positive for COVID-19, which is a good sign. And basically, as we've seen all of these players report back, it's been nice to see some energy around baseball. One way or another, today was a very cool day to see on social media, etc. So on your end, Craig, what was today like? I'm dying to know myself. Yeah, I thought that historically speaking, there's a lot of things that I've covered in baseball for many, many years. I had a feeling that this was going to be one that I would always remember. Mm. And so I I was was very fortunate to be able to go. Mm -hmm. And I I also feel in some way that that we're all sort of engaging in parts of history for baseball here in 2020. And, you know, today was the first step. Friday was the first step. And then we'll have... Uh, you know, a a game Mm. uh, in 2020 that'll be played in front of no fans. And that'll be the next step. And then we'll have, you know, postseason and World Series. And and make no mistake about it, we're all going to look back many years from now and remember uh, this year and remember these moments. And and for a lot of us, it will be remembered, of course, unfavorably, for sure. And, and And I think that goes without saying. But... In my lifetime of covering sports, whether it's been the NBA or the NFL or college football, uh, Final Fours, everything that I've done, I've always never taken any event such as this for granted. Hmm. Um, it's funny that the the one person who used to, who who really caught on to that with me, and would always razz me about that, saying, "Oh, if there's a big game or if there's something important, I mean, you may not see Craig at everything, but when there's something <laughs> big, you know, he's going to be there." It was Israel Gutierrez was the one mm. who would always uh, call me Big Game Craig because whenever there was a big game, <laughs> I wanted to make sure I was there. The reason why is because 
it's not something that you can do again, you know? It's mm. like if there's a Super Bowl, if there's a World Series and you have the access to it and you don't take advantage of it, I don't I don't ever want to look back and say, hey, this was a moment in history that I missed that I could tell my kids and he can tell his uh, kids and my daughter and, and my wife. I mean, I really feel like it's important to document these sort of things because I do wish that there was more documentation of, you know, baseball pre-war and and, mm. and all that i'm just such a big historian like that and and there isn't as much as i would love there to be and maybe there will be now because of the internet but long story short uh this this morning around eleven fifteen friday morning i drove uh down to marlins park the marlins had set up some very specific instructions as to what we were to do uh, prior and entering and during the uh the ballpark so I was very clear on that. I drove uh, down. I got there slightly before 12. And I noticed as I was pulling up to the ballpark that, you know, immediately it just hits you that there's these huge lines. And you know right away it's not for the game, you know. And it's like there's no (laughs) traffic at all driving on I-95. There's no Mm. traffic at all on 836. There's no traffic at all coming down, you know, the street. And then there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cars from every corner of Marlins Park from beginning to end and all around and even off 12th and 14th mm. Avenue. It was stunning to see it. And I'm sorry that that sort of overshadowed everything for me, but it did. So, you know, I, I made my way around all of these cars and, um, you know, parked in the Marlins first base garage and realize that, you know, I'm going to be walking in between these cars to go into the stadium here. Right. And there right. are people, and I don't know if they're medical officials <sighs> or whoever, but they're like sort of outside keeping everybody in line. I mean, it looked like a couple people were like asking questions, but I'm like, really? Like, I'm really going to walk through the through these <laughs> cars here today. And And I don't know why, but maybe it's just because I've been more or less quarantining for over 90 days and i've been right. to Publix, you know <laughs> sure like i've been sure to, i've been uh i take my son to play golf uh, i took my daughter to her friend's house once we went to the backyard mm. i would say we're probably more of the overly cautious family uh you know just for different reasons with family health and all of that just you know let's do that so so anyway, so yeah, so I walked through the cars. I, I took the picture. I posted it on Twitter. I was stunned as to how many right. there were and thought, wow, what am I going to be seeing inside with what I'm seeing here on the outside? This is just crazy. Mm-hmm. And to get into Marlins Park, the way the media works is that they're only allowing one person per entry. So I, I suppose during the season, it'll be, you know, it'll be staggered out. You'll have to get there at certain times. And I suppose they're doing this with the players, too. But a couple of media members were ahead of me. They were just photographers. And uh, then the door automatically opens so you don't, mm. you don't have to touch the door or anything like that. And somebody's uh, sitting at the front and asks me, you know, if, if I uh, have any symptoms of, of, of COVID or anything like that. And my answer is no. And then they take your temperature. My temperature was below 98.6. I think it was 98. I think it was, I was a little on the okay. low side. I don't know why, but maybe on the little on the low side. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I, I'm, I'm honestly walking in. I'm in, I'm in shock. I, I, I gotta be, I may, maybe yeah. I'm just naive to the whole situation that's been going on, but I am, you know, I'm just like, wow, what, what am I getting myself into here? Mm. Like I really felt that way. Yeah. And, 
And then I walk over to the table to get my media credential, and Jason Latimer, who's the vice president of uh, communications for the Marlins, is there, and he is the one that's distributing the media credentials. And um, and he put on an unbelievable, he did an unbelievable job of setting everything up today, and and the work that he and his staff have put in, it, I just can't even imagine what they've had to go through. It's but remarkable. He's like. What's wrong? Like, you're just not – like, I wasn't talking. Like, I couldn't say anything. I, I walked up to the table. I'm just like, I don't I don't know what I said. I don't remember. And I just remember, you know, he gave me my credential. I signed, you know, waivers. There's waivers to get in now as a member of the media. And, um, you know, walked through the bottom of Marlins Park. And, uh, you know, I know what it was interesting was I noticed, Jeremy, that a lot of the different areas of Marlins Park had little, like, stickers on them. Hmm. And the stickers – basically said like this was cleaned uh, by this time this day so you wow. can see that they're constantly cleaning the area and updating it so I felt really good about that That's and great. by the way once I got inside I felt really good about everything it, it you know, but but your mood changes like yeah. it's, it's hard to just flip the switch and just say wow oh it's baseball again <laughs> like, it, I just didn't have that feeling yeah uh, after seeing all that, and and uh, and Jason basically called me on it. I mean, I mean, I suppose if you've been there for three or four days and you've seen all this and you get used to it, which is kind of what Don Mattingly said. But mm. for me, it was the first time. So, uh, you know, the the you have a choice of using the elevator or or the stairs to get up to the press box. And so I did for the first time ever in four months use an elevator. Mm. Um, you know, it was one per person. So I went up. Uh, we have the best seat. Swings and Mishes has the best media seat in the entire building hey, for hey. 2020. All right, that's exciting. That's for sure. That's good I to can know. confirm that. <laughs> that's <laughs> we exciting have the best seat know. in the house. All that's, right, this is news that I'm getting here too. So this is yeah. Exciting. There's no there's no arguing that fact. Anybody <laughs> any media member disagrees, go take a look at where the seat is. Unless they move it. it for the next game, we got the best seat in the house. We're right behind it. old play first row. All right. Yeah. So, but but to watch what? Let's be honest. Sure. You know? So sure, sure. Uh, for now, na- I mean, for for practice, I mean, you know, yeah, for yeah, spring yeah. practice, of course. So so the Marlins come out and they're staggered and they're jogging around and you know you you're able to we were able to go down to the concourse and take a few pictures and you know snap a few photos. I'm thinking to myself, what what is my job here? Is it to report who is not here? Is it to report who is here? Because if I say who is not here, then there's speculation that maybe yeah. they tested positive or something. So I just started spewing out all the players that I saw that I recognized. And there was a couple that I didn't because you're you're sort of too far away and there's no jersey. Yeah. So you're just kind of you know, identifying you know who the players are based on on just, you know, quick sight. But I think Saturday we'll get more of an idea of that. Sure. Uh so so that's what happened, Jeremy. So we're just shooting video, and there's players on a field, and the the roof is sort of open and closed. You see the new turf. That looks great, and it's great to have baseball back, and it's great to have that feeling again for sure, and I, and I enjoyed being there. And, and once things started happening, you, you got a better feeling about it, but make no mistake about it, this was – this is going down as a day that I'll never forget because it was just mm. weird, man. I mean, just bizarre – you can't engage with any of your counterparts there. I mean, that's not happening this year. Right. Media members, you're, you're, you know, you're sort of looking at looking around to make sure you're doing the right thing. And I was at least. I didn't didn't want to make sure I stepped out of bounds for mm. for videoing or being in the right place. And and simply put, this is not like covering baseball. You're not. There's no right. engagement with anyone, with no players, no people, nothing. I mean, you're you're essentially on your own. Um, 
and and that's it, which is fine. I mean, you're you're lucky to be there. I get that, but the camaraderie of being in the media and 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 that relationship that you have with players to be able to ask questions and really learn about the game and executives. And I saw Mike Hill, and he waved hello, and right, you know, and that and and that and that happened too. But I I think that for me for the for the 2020 season, and I can't speak for you, Jeremy, and certainly I I I want you to 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 go but you know that'll be your your, your choice and, and it should be anybody's choice to go I, I think that when there's exhibitions of some kind or real drills of some kind then that it becomes more interesting but this is not like spring training you know this no. is, this is nothing like spring training and and it, and it did cross my mind a few times that man I would rather be in Jupiter right now <laughs> In the outdoors, it'd be hot as bleep. I know that. Yeah, oh my god! But we'd be outside, and you know, maybe there's a few fields, and we could be walking back and forth. And right, you know, that's an hour away. And it's not that big a deal. I just there was something about it to me that said, you know, something. They have the ability to do it there. I wonder mm. why that whole facility is not being used. But I get it. It's a big league park with big league facilities, and. Yeah. And certainly that does make more sense. And so after an hour, an hour and a half, I left and you know, saw the big you know, cars again on the way out, too. So I took video of that as well. Right. And then I, I drove home, Jeremy, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> and here we are. So I, I don't know. I know that was a long-winded way of explaining things, but no, I, I want it documented. Important. You know, I want everyone who isn't able to go to a game this year and isn't able to engage in this to know what the experience is like. I think it is really important. And and I and I think that the seriousness of it for those people who are living in an area where they're not as much affected, like it, it was a it was a stunning, stunning thing to to look at those hun- hundreds of cars lined up all to get tested and thinking, I wonder who is in that car. Like, is that person right. OK? Are they mm. not OK? Will they be OK? <sighs> And here I am, and I'm and I'm gonna go. But I'm gonna walk by this person. I'm gonna look right. in the window. Like I'm, mean, it's like, it's, you know, it's it was it, it was it was strange. So I can't imagine being on the staff of the Marlins or being a player or a coach or executive. Mm. And and I can understand why anybody would opt out of this thing and uh, if they chose to. And and I'll be in it to cover it. There's no question. When the games begin, mm-hmm. I, I think it'll be a lot different because they won't have those huge long lines there. It'll be at night for most of the games too. Sure, but this is this is a, a absolute new normal, new world, and it was something like I have never experienced before. And I and I don't think I'm making too much of it. And if I am, then let me know well, and and I'll, I'll revise it. I'll confirm that that you're right uh, because as I saw your tweet uh, that was the video of all of those cars lined up, what, what I said myself is I quoted it and I said it was dystopian. It's a bizarre scene to see lines of lines of cars in the midst of a pandemic using part of a stadium to test for said disease. And then the other part of the stadium, as you mentioned, is like, hooray, baseball. Uh, and that feeling is genuine. That's that's the part that I think is so um, so tough to decipher and probably what you were going through, which is feeling genuine excitement that the sport that we love is back. But when you physically have to see what you are, the literal barriers to entry, right? The literal barriers to entry for this sport to come back, it it can be a little bit shaking. Um, and as someone who, you know, I work in, in a new studio, so I've been going out, you know, four or five days a week 
uh, throughout this and going to my studio and driving through Miami, um, I think I probably would have felt that a little bit different than you did. But even then, when I drive home back to Broward County from Miami and I drive by Hard Rock Stadium and I see all of the setup that's set up in that parking lot and there's not even folks there by the time I'm driving back, it's still a bit earth shaking to to realize what's happening just sort of down the road. So I can yeah. totally understand what it is that, that that felt like. And as we've seen players like Mike Trout today mention, you know, how uncomfortable it feels. Chris Davis, I know, mentioned how strange this feels. I'm glad you were there for us to be able to to have this moment. You know, we sit here, it's our 83rd podcast. And I think this is one of the ones that years in the future that I'll want to go back and listen to and remember what this podcast was like. We've done this podcast now, you know, including our teaser episode. This is the 84th time we've sat down to do this. And I've never really been nervous to do one, not even the first one. This is the first time that I felt different as we sat down to sort of hear how that day went and know what's going on. So I can completely understand the sort of strange feelings going on as this all gets kicked back up, the combination of genuine excitement and also, you know, what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And, and, fan, and fans deserve to be at games. And, and I'm hopeful that that ends up happening. Mm-hmm. But as a fan, you do not want to do, to do this, what I did today. No. You, do, you, do, you do not want this. It is not, it is not, it is necessary for, for the media to be able to cover this, but it's not something that you want. It, 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 is, it is not comfortable. Mm. to go there 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 is no the marlins and and the people that they have working at marlins park i took a picture a few years ago of some of the people who work there Mm. they have some of the nicest people that i have ever met in sports um from the people at the elevator to the people downstairs to the people upstairs the people you never see if you go back and check my timeline i posted a picture with a lot of them i believe at the end of last year Mm -hmm. you don't there's none of that right go to the Mm. left make a left Go upstairs. Uh, no, no one is there. There is no one there. That hurts. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it is an empty, cavernous ballpark. It's oh, bizarre. Maybe there are people in the offices. I'm guessing there are, yeah. but that's it. It, it. it it it's it's like basically you're just you're on your own. I mean, I mean, I hate to say it that way, but you're sort of on your own. Like we have restrictions yeah. as to what we can do, but. It's quiet. There's mm. no buzz. There's no yeah. hello. There's right. no. It's just. It's an. And that's eerie. the part of it too with spring training. It, you know, this is supposed to feel like spring training, but that's the opposite of what you and I both love so much about spring training. It is the the communal feeling of spring training when you do go up and you get to see faces you haven't seen in a year and interact with the folks that work in security and work at the front desk and then are around all of the different backfields and you're walking around and you're interacting with different people in the media and like you just mentioned all of that sort of dissipates and now you're inside this massive stadium knowing there's about a hundred people in there total if that right so And, and 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 i have to wonder what will be for the regular season games mm. like is is that going to change i'm assuming it will they'll have to have staffing at games right but the the staffing was as as small as i have ever seen it and it has to be this way i i yeah. totally get it and I, look i i am certainly hopeful that that things change for sure 
But, you know, coming out of this, my, my hope, honestly, and, and look, maybe, maybe I'm the tough one that, that in these questions that I'm always, you know, having to ask the tough ones and, you know, mm. looked at it as, as, you know, being difficult or, or whatever <laughs> the case may be. But when I'm reporting and I'm asking questions, I am telling you exactly what I think that you guys would want. You know, that, that's, that's the reason why I do this. Right. And so that's why I asked Don Mattingly the first question after the practice was like, like, did you see that? <laughs> like, like, how do it you was. feel about it? I mean, because that, that to me was what I wanted him to know. I'm glad he answered the question the way he did because he was clearly shook too yep. the first day that he got back to Marlins Park. And I would love to sit here and – and go through 30-man rosters and pitching rotations. And, and, and I think There's that there will be a time and a place yeah. for that. I'm hopeful that there will in a week or two sure. or three. I, I believe that that time will come. But we have still yet to get through who's mm. in and who's even out for right. this season. I mean, there right. are constant reports of players testing positive. And, 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 I, and I am not at that point yet. I want to be. And maybe maybe it'll happen sooner than I think. Maybe Monday I'll wake up and it'll be, <laughs> well, okay, now let's talk about who could be the DH and who could, who could right. still make, be the fifth starter. I mean, and who could, who could pitch the eighth? And I'm sure that those will all factor in. And for those people who are not going and just listening to this podcast, or you're just a baseball fan, you're able to do that from your house. Because mm-hmm. that's all you got. You know, it's right. like in terms of baseball, you're, if you're a baseball nut, that's what you're thinking right now. You're like, oh, I wonder how many games they're going to win and, you know, and, and how many starts Sandy will make. And then you experience something like this today and you're like, mm. I'll get there when I get there. You know, it's right. It's, it, a lot is going to have to be put on to get these uh, to get these games going. And, um, you know, it, it wasn't a matter of like. It was a matter today of just like simply identifying who was on the field from a baseball perspective. That was right. it. I, I couldn't tell you who threw to who or who did what. It was like, okay, that there is VR. Okay, right. I see him. There is Harris. Is that Harris? Yes. Okay, there is Harris. There he is. Is Brinson here? No, he's not here. Okay. Um, all right. Well, right. I'll worry about that tomorrow. You know, exactly. It's, 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 exactly. Like, it's like going through it, you know, in, in your mind. It's not something that you normally do and, and wondering that. Right. And, um, yeah, it was just it was just and, weird. And the thing to to add on that element too is you know it's obvious through the first you know twenty five minutes here of this podcast how much this affected you. So now when we do roll this out further to the players and the coaches who actually then have to go into this and perform at the same or a better level than the season before, right? That's that's the whole premise. Is the Marlins are trying to take a step forward? All these guys are not only going to be going through it physically, where they started up for a few weeks of spring training, and now they have to, after three months of essentially quarantining, come back and get back into shape. But it's also the mental hurdle, you know, of showing up and playing in an empty stadium. And I think we can all, you know, sit from our homes and, and posture what that might feel like. But it's like you just mentioned, until you actually see it and feel what that empty stadium is like, we have no idea what it's going to feel like for these guys to play in those types of just these massive ballparks without anyone there. And I can already imagine the echo in a spot like Marlins Park, you know, when when the ball's coming off the bat and there's no fans reacting. And the first time right. that that happens, it's going to be strange. It's going to be a strange, strange feeling. But that's why we have podcasts like this. That's why we'll continue 
I think throughout the season, as much as we are going to break down the Marlin season, I think, you know, and, and we've talked about this a bit, but I part of the pride that I take in what we'll be doing throughout this season is is literally recording the records of what will be one of the strangest seasons, if not the strangest season in the history of baseball. Sure, sure. Yeah, and, and I know that some people obviously want to hear some sort of news on the team and on this podcast, so we can, you know, sort of go through quickly just with the on-the-field type stuff, and, and everybody knows mm-hmm. by now, if you're a fan or a Marlins fan that you're listening to this or a baseball fan, that it's a 60-man uh, player pool, essentially, where um, you know about half the team is in Miami and the re- and the other half is in is in Jupiter and you know you you don't even need, really need to look any further than that to kind of understand most of the big guys who will have a big league shot at the beginning of the year are going to be at Marlins Park and then the rest will be at Jupiter as they continue their development there. Uh, Max Meyer signed um, Monday or Tuesday night or Monday night right. and and or Wednesday I'm sorry yeah. and came to South Florida as as I said this kid looks like an absolute beast physical specimen they're very happy with him. And I would say that there's probably a chance that, that he could make his debut in 2020. But when I pressed further on the question, it is really a matter of a couple of those big arms that they have that are young are going to be able to. There's just there is It's unlikely in a 60-game scenario mm. that you're going to need that many pitchers. If this was 162, I'm, I may say that three or four guys could pitch uh, between Sixto and Edward Cabrera and Rogers and, and Garrett. And who am I missing? Who's this? Max Hall- the fifth? Holloway Max Meyer? and Meyer? Holloway and Meyer? No, just Max. Holloway just Max just Meyer is the fifth. Yeah. yeah. So between I, – I think that that's the group right there to look at. Like yeah. those five, the Marlins feel, are the, the elite five guys, starters mm. that they have. Like that's the way it's been pointed to me. Sure. And, and I think that you, you're going to see two of them probably make their debut, maybe three. If things go badly, clearly four or five, but that's not in the plan. Right. And then beyond that – you're you're looking at right now just basically a, a different scenario because of the designated hitter. You're able to figure things out now with VR and uh, wherever he plays is gonna you'll you'll have a chance to play. And Cooper can now play designated hitter if they want to put him there. They could put him at first base. So they have a lot more options as it pertains to that. All of the other draft picks that they have, although they haven't been officially signed, it's it'll be by the time this podcast is done, they'll probably be signed. They're, they're all in <laughs> okay. agreement. There have just been a couple logistical issues because of getting physicals and things like that. But there is, from what I'm told, there's absolutely nothing to worry about whatsoever with with any of the draft picks, Dax Fulton and all of the other names that are on there. Um, As far as the names that were left off the the 60-man, I think the two names potentially that people would wonder about, Cameron Meisner, Peyton Burdick, Mm. two uh, kids who were drafted last year by the Marlins, I was told, simply put, it's just it was just a numbers game. There just weren't enough spots uh, in the outfield to be able to get them time. Also, let's keep in mind, Meisner signed very late last year yeah. and didn't yep. get started until very late. So he sort of got behind there by um, by waiting so long to sign or whatever the situation was. Um, and it was not all that pleasant getting him signed and even Blade to a point last year either. It mm. was you know, sort of dr- dragged out with both of them. Um, but I am disappointed that Peyton Burdick doesn't get an opportunity. I know Miami is hopeful that there'll be some sort of instructional camp. They'll be able to get them in. But to this point, nothing has been announced. And um, as far as the other base, I don't know. Is there any? Oh, oh and then, um, okay, so 
uh, back in February and March at the end of spring training. You can go back and check my timeline on this or anything that I reported. I basically told everybody that Matt Kemp um, yeah. was not was not going to make the team, and and I know that some people thought that that he that he was, but I I spelled that out for you at the end of spring training. They did not invite him back. They just did not feel that the bat was there anymore. I know that Kemp, in, as an individual, was also disappointed with his performance. He thought that mm. during this time he needed to get better to come back and play again. And and Kemp will go down in the last twenty years as one of the you know really good hitters in the game. He was great. He, yeah, he had he was. really good years. He probably could have been the MVP of the league one year, but Ryan Braun ended up winning, and we know what happened right. after that. Right. And and Kemp will get another shot potentially with the Rockies, but. You know they'll have a DH there. Maybe he can fit in there. It was it was very clear. It was made very clear to me mm. that right before this whole thing hit in March, that that Kemp was on the outside looking in, and so mm. that's uh, that's the story with Matt Kemp. It was nice to see Kemp, even in that, even in the struggles that he had on the field, he really embraced that leadership role in the clubhouse. He was you good. Could see it, and so yes. that was he was very his, good here. His impact, whether even though he'll never have played a game for the Miami Marlins, I think his impact will, strangely enough, be felt uh, even in the short term. Uh, but Craig, are there any last uh, little tidbits you want to add here? Maybe about what we can expect to to see from this podcast, the type of thing we'll do going forward in regard to uh, spring training 2.0? Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, con- we'll continue to cover it. I'll I'll go back to the ballpark when I think that it's it's uh, you know there there's something to, to hmm. gain from it. I hate to say it in that nature, but from our perspective, again, all we're simply doing is taking pictures and sitting upstairs, right? And and when they're in when they're in I mean, gosh, it really is, is, sounds crass to say, but when they're in jerseys, I can tell you who every guy is. But it is not that easy sitting that high up with no baseball players wearing jerseys, and mm. and I and I'm good. Like I I know <laughs> almost all of them, but right. I, I I think that when that starts happening, and then there's scrimmages and there's some sort of competition, uh, I I would love to be there and be there every single day, and I'll continue to report for you guys, but. Fortunately, the Marlins, like a lot of other teams, I'm sure, are doing all of their interviews on the Zoom. It's unfortunate because we don't get to interact, but it is fortunate in the sense that we're able to gain access to those without having to be there, without having without yeah. having to go. And I think that that initially I was like, oh, that stinks. Now after I went today, I'm like, <laughs> thank goodness that that yeah. is the case because I so I can gain access to that. But Jeremy, once make no mistake about it, once whoever they play opening day is and that'll be announced soon i'm not sh- i think they're going to be on the road to begin but i'm not 100 percent sure of that so that's mm. that's honestly not even information i just it's just <laughs> it's something just that i heard and, and i don't know that it's even true or not but somebody had mentioned to me that they thought they were going to be on the road but wh- whoever they do play for their exhibitions if they play somebody here opening day and they get an exhibition the day before then that's certainly compelling and and if they play exhibitions here or in jupiter I think that's sort of compelling too. Correct. But we are simply rewinding all the way back right now to spring training again, like the beginning of spring. It feels like like the it's, beginning of spring yeah. training again, with the exception of it's at Marlins Park. That's not mm. as much fun. Come on. Yeah. I mean, it's just not. I mean, there's no yeah. fans. There's no experience there. So um, as much as I love it and I want to be around it, I also want to make sure that I'm doing the right thing for my family and putting mm. myself in the the right position of course. to to gain something from this and it's and it's not an indictment at all 
on the Marlins or the organization. It's one of those things where they're in an impossible position and their PR staff is in an impossible situation to say, yeah, look at this. Yeah, you know, come right. cover this. You know, this is great. You know, I mean, it's like <laughs> we, all, we all know what we're looking at here at this point. Right. So uh, I'm, I'm hopeful next week things pick up a little bit. I think I'll sit out this weekend. It's July 4th weekend, and I'm going to spend some time here with my family. My son's birthday is on Saturday, so uh, we're going to spend that together. And then we'll have a swings and misses every week regardless of that. Yes. I mean, that, that we can do from anywhere in our house. Yes, and, we can. Uh, and we'll continue to do that. So I'm sorry for all the long-winded stuff today, Jeremy, <laughs> but I'm hopeful that people got a glimpse as to what it was like going back for the first time from someone who has covered baseball for 20, 25 years, however long it's been that it, it's nothing like I've I've ever experienced before. I don't think I'm overstating it, and I hope that gave you a little bit of a picture as to what it was like. And look, that's what this podcast is about. It's about giving fans a glimpse into what it is like to be around the Marlins in the way that you are, Craig. So for those of you who want to keep up with us, you can follow us at Swings and Mishes on Twitter. Uh, we will have content coming on Instagram as the season comes along, so be ready for that. Uh, and you can follow me at Jeremy Taché, Craig at Craig Mish. And thank you guys. Stay safe this July 4th weekend. Uh, happy Independence Day. And we look forward to speaking to you guys again next week here on Swings and Mishes. <laughs>